Good morning. My name is Kelty, and this is the part of our service that we call Charitable Giving. It's an opportunity for me to share with you a little bit about how we fund Friends Church um, and the fact that we are an entirely self-funded organization, meaning that all of the the money that it takes to keep the lights on, have the instruments, have the video, and do all the great things that we do in the community comes from our community. <clears throat> there are several ways that you can give to the community. Um, if you're new here, just hang out and, and feel free to take a listen. If this is the place that you consider home, I would urge you to check out our website, where we have a few options. There's a one-time donation that you can make. What is happening? It's like you're the first people I've talked to this morning, <laughs> which isn't true. Um, there's a one-time donation that you can make. There's also something we call pre-authorized giving, which we really like because as an organization, it allows us to understand what our what the money flow looks like so we can budget better. And really what pre-authorized giving is that it's an opportunity for you to say each month that you would like to donate a certain amount of money to Friends Church. Um, that automatically happens through your credit card and then we issue you a receipt at the end of the year that you can use on your taxes. Um, there's a few other options there. If you're old school and like a, black, like a check, we can take that too. Um, any of those types of things are available through that. One other thing that I wanted to mention this morning is in a couple of weeks, we have another community lunch coming up, a really great opportunity uh, to bring folks that tend to watch from home or tend to listen on the podcast back in um, to meet some of your friends and uh, the community here. For those of you who are here, great chance to actually hang around afterwards and chat. One thing we do ask, though, is if you please would sign up. Um, it gives us a hint as to how many people are coming so we can make sure that we have enough food. Have a great Sunday, and uh, Jeff and I are going to try to figure out how to lift this table full of rocks onto the stage now. <laughs> Thanks, Kelsey. Uh, okay, so there's a couple things that we're going to we're going to get this up on stage. Um, it, thank you. I'll just I'll put these up here. We'll do this, and then if you want to grab that end, and yes. I'll grab this end. Sounds good. Boom. Okay, there we go. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to slide this back here for now. Thank you, Kelty. Um, I want to I want to pull an audible, if that's all right. That's kind of football talk for being on the line. You see something develop, and you go, you know what? Change of plans, folks. Uh, we're going to change the play right here, right now. I want to I want to tell you a little story that I heard. Um, month ago, I'm guessing. I came into the service on, on Sunday, just like you guys are all here today. And I ended up having a conversation with someone that it took my breath away. It floored me. And I said, I, we got to tell that story. You see, we talk a lot about taking water around here. And water just really is our metaphor for giving our lives away in meaningful ways, making a difference in our world. And people do it in a lot of different ways and shapes and sizes. Some volunteer in organizations, some make meals, take it to people, some volunteer on boards, some give money. We just do it in a bunch of different ways. But this woman who I began talking with began to share her water with me. You see, she, um, during the pandemic, had been thinking about a way to make her world better. And she... Uh, she began thinking about being a surrogate mom. She, she has a child of her own, and that all went well. She said, man, what if I could give birth to a baby for another couple who can't have kids? Now, I don't know if you know any surrogate moms. I, I've never met one. I've heard of it, technically. 
but I, I was right there. Can, obviously, she is almost about to give birth. She is in like the final days. And I'm so excited for her. I'm going, congratulations. This must be so exciting. She says, well, this isn't really my baby. And my brain is trying everything it can to try to understand what she's just tell, told me. But she said, um, this is my water. I, I, I'm giving this to a couple who can't have kids. I just went, wow, I've heard of this. So I said, well, who are you giving it to? And she said, actually, this couple right here was the same-sex couple from France. Their names are Fred and Bastian. And I mean, it was just all right there in front of me. Let back row. In fact, they're here today, and I wanted them to come, and I want to show you what just happened in the last month, because Fred and Bastian are here, Adrian and Ryan Scullin. Are, you've, you've probably seen, this is just so mind-blowing. So... So, yeah, come on up. I just want to show you their faces. This, so I don't know if you know this, but in France, surrogacy is, if I'm not mistaken, it's illegal? Or it's, okay, it's very difficult. Illegal. Come on, forbidden, forbidden. And so, Adrian, you were looking online. You started bouncing this idea around. Ryan, I heard you were like, what are you saying at first? <laughs> and it was like, oh, are you kidding? But it grew on you. You op- began opening up to it, and this thing just wouldn't leave you. And so you kept searching. You found online Fred and Bastian. You saw a video of theirs, and they were talking about their desire. And you just knew right then and there, this is the couple that are going to be the parents of this baby. And so anyways, when we talk about water, like this, this is truly life-changing. And I'm just proud. I'm proud of you, Ryan and Adrian, for being open. Ryan, I mean, it's one thing when your wife says, hey, this is what I'm thinking, but man, this, this is something both of you are going to end up doing, right? <laughs> like, you both had a part and a huge sacrifice. And, and Fred and Bastian, I just, I, I'm just so excited and delighted for you. And I, to see the love that you have for this little child and the way that, um, anyways, I, I just wanted to tell you this story and, um, and be able to acknowledge that water, when you come across your individual, your unique fingerprint of water in this world, you don't know what that will be, but it will line up with your gifts and passions and abilities. And when it lands, it leaves your world better. So congratulations to all of you. This is just such a great story. So proud of you. So proud of you. This is little Elliot. What a gorgeous little baby. What a gorgeous baby. I tell you, you know what? You guys could have like five or six of these things at this point. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, I'm sorry, did I? Oh, oh. Count on me wrecking the moment. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyways, well, thank you again for letting us share your story. Thank you for being here. Okay. I think that's a story worth telling. And, uh, 
as you find your different unique ways of telling your story, I hope, or of, of finding your water, I hope you'll share it with us. We celebrate every shape and size of impact that you make on your world. Get that there. I don't know, know if you remember this, but back in 1990, the Alberta government announced that there would be a long weekend in February devoted to Family Day. It happened in 1990. They said uh, the Monday, I think it's the third, third Monday in February, we would deem it Family Day. It'd be designed to give families a day off to be able to celebrate kids and community and relationship. At the time, in 1990, Kathy and I, we didn't have kids, so it was a day off, which was great. It didn't really have any significance, but later, um, as we began to have boys, there was a, a one year where friends of ours said, hey, did you hear about Kananaskis? The lodge there puts together this incredible family day experience for families, and we hadn't heard about it. They said, it's amazing. You need to come out. So we did. We planned and we booked a hotel and our family went out with um, a couple other families. And I have to tell you, it was pretty magical. I don't know if you've been out there, but in the lodge there in behind, they've built this big arena. I mean, it has boards. It has, I mean, it's great. You can pay, play shinny hockey out there, which was great for us. Our kids were skating at that point. They had big toboggan hills built in in the back. They had candy apples rolling in the open square there and big fire where they're roasting marshmallows. They had hot chocolate going. It was just like a Disneyland, you know, an Alberta Disneyland out there. Our kids had such a ball. We went so hard outside, skated our butts off and tobogganed and ate, and then we went inside and swam all night, pizza, Man, we came back from that weekend. And we were driving back, and we just said, man, now that, that was a family day weekend, hey? That is something that would be worth repeating. And the boys are like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Next year, we did it again. A couple said, hey, are you guys in? We said, yeah, we're in. We did it again. We did it twice. And then just got busy, I think. And it didn't happen again. We look back at that, we're just like, oh, why did we quit that? You know those experiences that you can have in your life where you just go, oh, was that not worth doing again? You know you've had those. I talk to people all the time. There's family that they've been disconnected for so long, and then all of a sudden they have this reunion. And they're all of a sudden, there, they have such a great time, and they're going, okay, why did we wait so long to do this? We have to get together again. Maybe you've been planning a trip out in the mountains, just hiking, getting away, time for yourself, and finally you do it. And you have those moments of just, you're on the drive back and going, okay, I can't wait so long before I do this again. 
Some have talked about retreats that they've gone on, personal retreats. They, they, they allowed themselves to sit in solitude by themselves and journal and reflect on their life. They said it was life-changing. It's something I got to wire in. I got to do that again. Oh, man. Some, some people have talked about volunteering forever. Finally, they go and do it. And it floated their boat. They saw the difference they could make. They felt this tangible experience. And they're going, okay. That I can't wait so long. Whatever it was, I think we've all had those experiences that just left you in such a better place that reeked of significance and meaning. And you went, this, this is what I want my life to be about. Ah, I got to do that more. Pictures come to your mind. What were those things for you? But if you're anything like me, though you've had these moments when you knew, you knew down deep, that is something that must repeat again and again. That must be a part of my regular life. Somehow, doesn't happen. Somehow I got caught up with other stuff going on. I got distracted by other good things. Situations that arose that just made me cancel a whole bunch of stuff. And sometimes it's not like it was even bad stuff that came up. Sometimes it was like a squirrel pops up that looks really fun. And I go, hey, I think I'd rather do that. How many of you ever got caught doing that? I think I'm going to chase that one. Oh, no, this one over here. So often that thing, that moment, that experience that I knew I wanted to be included in my life that was so rewarding and meaningful, so significant, somehow got pushed to the back of the bus or it just got forgotten. I'll be the first to admit that I love to start things. I'm a, you know on those personality profile things, I'm... There's one of them that called me a quick start. I'm a quick starter. I'm an early adopter. Someone says, hey, I got an idea. And I go, really? What is it? And they say, well, here's what I'm thinking. I go, I like that. Yeah, let's go. Let's do that. And it's often Kathy's going, um, Jav, we have these plans? Uh, you know, let's see about changing those plans. All of a sudden, the plans I had get bored, boring, and I'm on to the next thing. I actually, over time, have watched myself quickly abandon a set course to be able to adopt a new, shinier course, or a, what I think is a more improved course. I'll get involved in a project, and it's just like, oh, shoot me now, this is just boring. and I will leave it. It's a part of my nature and my personality that probably I'm most 
insecure and, and ashamed of. There's, you got to know, I don't share this very easily here today. I wouldn't want you to know this about me. Because it often feels flaky. And I hate that. I wish I could just set the course and go. But there's a part of me that struggles. So you got to know that this series that we're beginning today has me really nervous. Because essentially, this entire series called In the Groove is about this very thing, preventing the very thing that I most naturally find myself doing at times. Finding ways to consistently engage in the most meaningful practices and behaviors and events in our lives. And by meaningful practices and behaviors, I'm not just talking about the fun and exciting stuff that you engage in, but sometimes this, the important stuff that isn't fun, that's difficult sometimes, that is awkward sometimes, that's hard sometimes, but it leads to very significant impact in your life, in other people's lives, in relationships, in careers. We're talking about the things that keep us on track that lead to the most meaningful life. Building the systems that prevent getting sidetracked, getting forgetting, losing sight of what is most important. Systems that could pre prevent us perhaps from having to settle for something that's okay when we could have had something so much better. Am I alone in, 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 the, in, in the difficulty of having to stay the course on something that's really hard sometimes? Is there anyone else out there that has ever abandoned course, has gotten distracted, like chasing squirrels? I hope not. I know there's, hey, there's probably some people in here, you just naturally, you do this flawlessly. You just map out your plan and you just do it. You don't get deterred by nothing. You have a way to focus yourself on the most meaningful things. You can't imagine your life experiencing any more meaning than it already is right in this moment. My forehead's getting itchy right now. No, I'm just joking. If, if that's you, hey, I'm really, truly happy for you, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't be more happy for you. <laughs> In all sincerity, I think we all have a part of our lives that gets distracted. Yeah, some of us are really great at staying the course financially. Some of us are really great at staying the course fitness-wise. Some of you are just, oh, you're just so attentive to your relationships. But I think we all, if we were very honest, we'd have parts of our lives where we'd say, man, I keep abandoning course over here. I keep letting go of that. I keep forgetting about these things. It's part of our human nature. And if that's you, if you're sitting here going, Jeff, yeah, hey, I'm not raising my hand because I don't want to be outed, but that's me. Hey, you're not alone. And I think you're going to want to be a part of this series. 
because we're going to talk about some systems that can help us and chiefly me stay the course because we just spent a number of weeks talking about the things that lead to the most meaningful life and we want to get there don't we we don't want to just know it in theory what could lead to the most meaningful significant life we're here because we want it we want to achieve it we want to feel it we want to experience it in a perfect world probably what we would do is every time we have a family day weekend moment like I had we'd say note to self that is going to get repeated and we'd come along we'd have another experience we'd go oh wow that career experience now nah, that is going to become a fixture in my life and oh this piece over here for my health that oh that was gold and we'd just be continually curating the most effective experiences and behaviors and events we just we just start pooling the best of the best and we would just somehow make sure that our lives would just be doing these things wouldn't we i remember um and you'll likely if you've been around business circles and whatnot there's this time old illustration that's been used to describe this very thing but it always involves a pail or a container it involves rocks the container represents the time that you got left in your world now we don't know how big our con- each of our containers are for some of us without us even knowing our container is very short that's a sad reality we don't know for some you're going to be around a long time your containers really big but we don't know but within the time that we got left on this world there are different things that we will do that represent time amounts and we will spend our lives doing them right these these little rocks represent all the different things that you could end up doing man i got to get groceries i got to i got to pick up the mail i got to mow the lawn i'm going to spend a little time watching tv today i'm going to i'm going to do that oh shoot i forgot i got to head down and see so and so about that event okay we'll do that i got a concert i want to be at yeah and and so these things just are little time amounts but they're all the random things that you can end up filling your day up with right the traditional example that is used right stephen kobe made it really popular he just said okay so you have all those random things but then you got the big containers of your life the really important things perhaps you got you got a rock that spells out your family that's cuz that's that's a really important piece of your life maybe you got um, another rock that represents uh, let's see fitness or your health that's that's a big rock and uh well you got maybe a romantic relationship or maybe a marriage you got one of those maybe you got a hobby that you just a passion of yours that you just you love doing maybe it's a sport you play maybe it's a a craft that you're involved in maybe it's a particular social group you got those you got these different rocks 
And, and so they represent the big pieces of your life. And, you know, of course, they take all these random things, they fill them in the container, and then they say, okay, um, now take these rocks and try to stuff them into the container, right? And what always happens is they start, they start piling in the rocks, and then all of a sudden, they, technically, that oh, I, I don't have enough room for, for the most important things in my life, right? This is how this goes. And so they said, well, maybe what you'd be wiser to do is not not wait to put the big rocks in, right? If you, if you start with the big rocks, well, then, then it's amazing how much, how much you can get in there, right? You can, you can take the most important things, put them in, all right? Do this, and then, oh, and, and then what they do, if they're really, and I, I should have used sand, but um, they said, it's amazing how much you can get Build up in your life if you, and include all the most important pieces of you. And so I looked at that and I went, wow, that makes most sense. Start with the most important things. And then all the random stuff that you want to end up doing, well, you can fit that in after. And even if it doesn't all fit, you got the most important pieces down in there, right? Makes sense. Love it. And there's a reason why this thing gets used again and again and again and again. Because it makes sense. The, there's some problems with this thing, though. And problems, I'm just going to say there's a few assumptions that are made. And I want to just talk about, those, talk about those assumptions today. Because in theory, I think this is a great analogy. But... There's a couple things that I don't think people consider when they talk about this, or they go out to do it. At least, I know I've struggled, and I want to talk about those. Number one, I don't know if everyone really has an idea of truly what their big rocks are. Because your big rocks can be a whole bunch of different things. There's not five right answers to that thing. There's, there's a bunch of different things that could be represented by these big things. That's what we just spent this last series talking about. Obviously, we want the rocks to represent things that are indicative of our own gifts and abilities. Do you remember? We talked about that. We end up trying to do things that we aren't because we're watching someone else. We're going, man, I like what that guy, I want to be doing what that guy's. But it's not who we are. So we end up choosing big pieces of our lives, trying to be things we never meant to be. That can be problematic. So that should shape your, kind of your choice of your big rocks. Another thing that shapes them are your values. Deep down, there are things that guide you, that have that internal sense of this is right, that is wrong. This matters, nah, that doesn't really matter. And each person has a different set of values even. Allowing someone else's values to determine what your rock should be will be problematic. Your values should speak loudly to what your rocks really represent. One other thing that we talk about are your passions, the things that you just naturally enjoy doing. There's nothing wrong with that. You have certain interests that just light you up, that don't light up the next person. That will shape what this could be. Not just things that you're enjoying, but things that you really give a crap about. We 
talked about the causes that come up inside and we go, that cause matters to me. I'm going, I am going to be a surrogate parent. So I'm just, I'd never do that. Not your problem. But that's Adrian's problem. And that problem took a ton of sacrifice. That shaped one of her big rocks. So knowing what your rocks are before you can even put them in the container is a big deal. And when you haven't done your work there, oh, just, just make sure you put your big rocks in. Well, that's great. Just as long as you know what they are. There's a lot of work done, needing to be done to get to that point. But let's say you know them. Let's say you've got identified what your, the big priorities, the big things are in your life. Let's say you put them in there. Now, the second assumption is that you're actually going to do something about them. Because I've identified my rocks before. But I have often found myself looking back at a chunk of time saying, somehow, these got all my time. How does that work? There's an assumption that just because you say, oh, uh, uh, these, here, these are the ones that are going to, I'm going to put them in. Here's what I find happening. This is so strange. But I, if on my best days, I will look at this upcoming month and I'll go, what are my priorities? Hmm, family, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Last, last weekend was, was it last weekend? Thanksgiving. Yeah, last weekend. <laughs> so blur. Obviously, it was very important to me. No, I was. It was <laughs> no. Um, and so my family, I had family come in. We planned this big thing on Saturday. We all got together at my sister's place. Family is a big, important, big piece of my pie. And so Thanksgiving weekend, all right, we're all coming over there. Okay, and then, and then a whole bunch of family are coming over to my place on, on Sunday, and we're going to do a big turkey dinner. And you know what happens in my head? I, I, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but my family box checklist, check for October. Thanksgiving weekend done. Man, oh man, this has been great. Hey, I love seeing you guys. And then it's weird how that weekend goes. In fact, the end of the month goes. And what happens? I kind of, I kind of do that as I look to the next month. And I go, okay, what, what do we got for November? There's no Thanksgiving in November. Well, yeah, I'm not American, all right? Yeah. <laughs> So I look at this blank calendar and I go, oh, wow, I got lots of opportunities here. What's it going to be? And I don't know if you can relate to this, but all of a sudden I get the odd invite, things happening, someone saying, hey, why don't we do this? Work starts getting busy. I go, oh, man, I got to tackle some of that. Man, the weather's holding up. We got golf weather here still. <laughs> and I just, I, hey, let's throw in a little bit of this. Oh, I got a little time for that. It's not that I don't value these things. But as I'm looking to these open slots in my calendar, it's amazing how easily my life begins to get filled up with a ton of good things. And without even realizing it, some of these things are sitting there. I value them. But the 
the empty calendar, the new start, sometimes it's the new year, whatever, it, it just doesn't automatically drop these things in there. It's almost like there's some kind of mechanism that's needed to intentionally find the things, the specific things. Like these are nice containers, but the specific events that wire in the time. Does that make sense? It, it, it like, you can, you can value those things all you like, but if they don't somehow find their way into a very specific time slot in your week, your month, whatever, well, I'll tell you right now, for me, I will go a couple weeks, a couple months, and all of a sudden I'll look down and go, oh. how many times have you ever started some kind of health thing and everything is going good and then something kicks you off the plan and you didn't even know you're getting kicked off the plan but somehow that rock got dumped out and a bunch of other life just started filling it up and then six months later a health issue pops up and you end up looking back going what the heck? I was doing so well. And now I got this going on. How did I take my eye off the wheel? It's like we need a system for wiring in the big rocks. Something that just continually has us going, no, 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 that's going in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's get those things out. Let's get these back in. We need a system. What kind of system could that be? I want to talk about these systems. Next, next month, I'm going to have a couple buddies. Actually, they'll be calling me any minute, any day now. Because November 1st marks the beginning of November. How many are familiar with Movember? Um, it's a campaign designed to raise money and awareness for prostate and testicular cancer. You probably saw it, man. Guys start growing out their mustache. That's really it. They grow out their facial hair, typically their mustache, for 30 days. Before mustaches were actually becoming cool, man, this was a scourge. Guys would start growing out this mustache, man, and people would shy away from them, you know? They... They're looking pretty shady. And then wives want to kiss them for a month. I mean, there was some sacrifice going on there. But for some who had been touched by this thing or had family who had been or friend who had been, became a very meaningful thing. But this has been a masterful, masterful campaign because they wove it, hardwired it into a very particular month of the year. For those people who become passionate about Movember and what it's doing, as soon as they open up their calendar year, they can go right to Movember, November, and they mark that thing off. They go, no, no, that's, that's that month. I already know what I'm doing there. For years, our family took a vacation every summer on the last week of July, first week of August. Took our family to this family camp out in Kelowna called Green Bay. This became an annual tradition where 
Um, and it, it was a very popular camp. Beautiful, it was affordable. It just lined up with so many different pieces of our value system as a family. We value family. We value time with our kids. And so every January, before that, those weeks got filled up, we would be talking with friends and whatever, and we'd say, okay, are we doing this? Same dates? Yes, 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 okay. And we'd get signed up. And more and more people started joining us. More and more people. I mean, it just became this ritual that we just loved. It was like a family day weekend. We had come away from it going, oh, that was so good. Why did it happen again and again and again and again till literally our kids outgrew the camp? I'll tell you right now, it was because it was hardwired into two very specific weeks of our summer. It was not, oh, we'll have to wait and see. No, here's when it happens. All our friends knew. This is, these are the weeks we're going. And it happened. A little over 12 years ago, I think it was 12 years ago, I gave my first donation of platelets. Uh, I gave a blood donation, then I went and started donating platelets. And they said, man, we would, we would sure appreciate if you would consider doing this again. I said, oh, well, you know what? Put me on your list and I'll give it some thought. And then oh, I remember one time I got called. They said, you know, you're a match for a leukemia patient at, at the Foothills or at the Tom Baker. Would you, would you be willing to come in right away? I remember just going, what? I'm a match? Holy crap. Yeah. I'll be right down. When, when do you need me? Could you come down, blah, blah, blah? Okay, I'll come down. Something lodged in me. I went, what? I can do that? Meaning, cause, passions. I went, I'm in. I remember sitting in that chair, and they're saying, man, this is really great. I said, oh, it's the least I can do. And then there came a point I said, all right, you know what? Book me in regularly. How often can I come in? They said, well, you could come in every week. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, I love you guys, but uh, for a time there, I did every two weeks, two hours every two weeks in that chair. And then life gets busy, and I say, okay, I got, I got to back this up. But I remember the first time, and I, I told this lady who does all the scheduling, she sent me the email. She says, here's all your dates for the next week. I remember looking at it going, holy crap, I'm signing up for that. And it, it was something, that specific two-hour slot every Monday morning for a long time now, it's 11 o'clock Saturdays every month, it just gets hardwired in. Why? Because it is just automatically written into my calendar. They call it ritualizing. You can say, well, you're just using your calendar. We, it's a fancy word. It's ritualizing. And it's been around for a long time. We just finished the Jewish High Holy Days here. And, uh, and some of you helped us turn chairs. There was a lot going on. This place was packed out from the Jewish community. Every year, on a very specific date, they celebrate Rosh Hashanah. It's their Jewish New Year, the Jewish calendar. There is no questioning whether that ritual is going to happen. It is happening. Just much like we know that December 25th, there's a pretty big celebration going down in the Christian tradition, right? Every, every end of March, beginning of April, there is an Easter weekend that happens with regularity. Why? It's woven in. Every year when that calendar opens up, they just go right to it and say, this is the day, this is the weekend 
Good Friday, Easter Sunday, woven in. Something happens when it gets that specific, when something gets ritualized where you go right there and then. It wasn't just annual stuff that went down. They had something called Shabbat. This was Sabbath. It happened once every seven days. Beginning of Friday night, they'd have a meal, and then it would begin. All of Saturday, you were to do no work and force rest. There was no, there was no wondering, oh, oh, is that today? Oh, I'm sorry. No. No, you knew. Sabbath was set aside. Day woven right in. Now, we have taken it beyond that. Modern circles now, Right? We've started this process. I hear couples say, every Friday night is our date night. Come hell or our water, we're making that happen. I hear people having daily rituals. For some, it's I wake up, I take my vitamins, I do my morning journaling. I have a morning routine that I go through. I hear people, they've ritualized it. This is what I do. Some have a bedtime ritual. I wash my face. I go in. I give my kids a hug. We sit and read a book. I pray over them. All these different little rituals that we build in, not realizing just how important of a role they actually play in the grander scheme. And not just that one little ritual, but that process of saying, here's what I do every at this time. This right here is a spiritual ritual that went away for a long time. And I don't know about you, but when you take a ritual that you're doing on a regular basis, it's just like clockwork, this is what I do. And then you take it away. It's like, whoa, what am I doing with this time now? What? We went two and a half years where so many rituals got pitched out the window. And now we enter this new stage of life where we're going, okay, so what fits now? What am I going? And if we're not careful, we build a whole bunch of rituals around a bunch of stuff that ain't having anything to do with these things. This is our fear right now, is in the redesign of our lives. We haven't thought deeply enough about what it takes to keep these things in there. Let me ask you something. Have you thought about these things very much recently? What, are, what have been your big rocks? You know, here's, here's what's sad, is sometimes our biggest rocks are not reflective of our gifts, passions, and values. Somehow they become our big rocks. We've had many conversations over the last five weeks with people who can't figure out how this thing became so important in their life when it is so, such a miss with who they are. So they're, re- they're redefining what those things are. Now they're pulling this out and they're going, oh man, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta stop just defaulting to all these things. I gotta get more strategic about this. Yes. Lately you've been hearing us, I, I stand up here right at the beginning of the service. What am I doing? I am trying to remind you why you even showed up here today. Because that's the thing about rituals that can become so toxic. 
is it can just become a checklist. Well, this is what I do. And you can do it without even thinking about it. And before long, sometimes the ritual starts, stops working or it's not even achieving what you're meaning it to achieve. We watch people who are living out dead rituals that are not feeding their life and it's not leading to the meaningful life they're wanting. So there's another component to the system. It's not just about wiring it into your calendar. It is, it is also the dance of figuring out why would I want to do that? What is it achieving? The why orientation behind every piece that you're going to put in your bucket is an extremely important piece. That's why just showing up on Sundays, just showing up, ah, it can do something. But when you combine it with this sense of, I want to live the best kind of life with this frickin' short amount of time I got on this planet. And one hour on Sunday morning helps me think deeply about my, and grounds me in my orientation in life. It gets me thinking deeply about what matters most. And I think last week I got a little spun out. This, this, this week, is a, this hour here, allows me to reorient and decide, okay, wait a second. That attitude, man, that was there all week. That's a wreck and things. I've got, I got to back off on that. What this spiritual gym one hour is doing and why you show up, why it deserves an hour of your time on a Sunday morning, you need to answer that question. I would encourage you to do that. If you can't come up with a good reason, stay home. We don't need you here that bad. And I would say that about all kinds of things in your life. Sometimes, you know, the pandemic probably was good for many people because they realized some of, some of the stuff they were checking off their boxes, some of the things that had made their way into there weren't worth it. They lost their why. So look at over the next four weeks, we're going to start looking at some big containers of your life, contemplating what they could be doing for you. What rituals? We have a feeling your health matters to you, likely. We have a feeling your relationships probably matter. We're guessing your spiritual journey matters. So we want to talk about some potential rituals that can help you get where you're going. Not as any kind of prescriptive process, we honestly don't care what rocks you fill in your thing. We don't care. We have a feeling that they're gonna, your, your big rocks are going to fall under some, some big container areas. And we want to get the brainstorming going so you can think deeply about what it is that you're going to ritualize along with your whys. Let me ask you something. How deeply have you thought recently about the major rocks of your life? How well do you know what kinds of things you need to prioritize? If you were to just look back at how you spent your time over the last year, how many of those months would you say, man, I was on it. I was doing the most, the best things. 
and I wasn't wasting time on stuff that I knew in the end I was going to regret. If you, if you can't say, well, that was me. If that was you, take this series off. I'm just going to tell you that right now. All right? You're saying, oh, yeah, straight A's. Stay at home. But if that wasn't you, I'm going to invite you back over this next little bit. What has your relationship been with ritual building? I'll tell you what my relationship has been with ritual building. I get skittish around it. I don't like getting hemmed in. I don't like writing out all my stuff that I've got to get done for the next month. I get claustrophobic. I go, oh man, I don't want to commit to all that. What if something better comes along? Right? But I tell you, my life has been marked again and again by me settling for something that was okay when I could have had something that was the best. And when I get really clear on what my rocks are, and I figure out what the rituals would be that would get me to, 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 to really keeping these things at the forefront of my life, informing how I'm going to spend my time and my energy, that does lead me to the best life. Doesn't mean that you can't change them up, doesn't mean that you can't alter plans, but man, if they're done in an intentional way, it's all good. So when we mindlessly start leaving this shit out of the container. All right. Look at We're going to cover some big containers. I, I hope, I would hope that this week you would just give some thought to the kinds of things that you wire in to your schedule on a regular basis to make sure those things get in. Just give that some thought this week. Like if you look, we're about to start, okay, it's, it's the 16th of October, but let's just say we're approaching the end of November or end of October and you've got a wide open month next no, this November. <laughs> I'm having a tough time saying this. How much of that month have you really thought about in terms of the time that you'll spend to get this done? I hope you can say, oh, man, I got a lot. But if not, I want you to just start thinking about how you would, what that process looks like as you turn the page of each month or each day or each week. How do you keep alignment? And we'll get into it next week. Thanks for your time this morning. Hope you've enjoyed this. Hope it's been helpful and not just entertaining as I share my weaknesses, jerks. I pray that 2023 is one of the most unbelievable years for you and me. That you will look back on it and go, man, yeah, I maybe missed some moments, but boy, I didn't miss many. My eye was on the prize. I gave the most important things in my life the time they deserved. That's my prayer for you. That's where we're headed. So with that in mind, Get out there and spend your time wisely. Think about your rocks. We'll join you next Sunday. Cheers.